listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're discussing whether or not readers can be too picky, testing out a book tracking spreadsheet and recommending queer sci-fi, a subject that we all love. (laughs) But first, what are you reading, Bria? So I'm reading again. Reading glasses, two-way street. Mm, uh, I found it. out about a book that I I wasn't really aware of, um, a book that just came out this year because it was on, and it's on the Glasser's Top Picks. Mm-hmm. It's The Mimicking of Known Successes by Malka Ann Older, um, who Mallory pointed out to me, wrote Infomocracy, which is a book I really liked. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. And I just have to say, I really am enjoying this book. I I learned about it from the Glassers, again. Um, I had seen the cover, and I thought, this is like a YA book. I don't know what I thought this was. It is a kind of weird cover. Yeah, I I didn't know what it was, and, um, but instead, it is, it's a cozy murder mystery on another planet. Whoa! It's a cozy sci-fi murder mystery. I did not know that! Yes, and I didn't know that either, so I got it, went in without reading what it was about, because I was like, you know, these Glassers, the Glassers are gonna know what the fuck is up? And it is, um, also it's, um, uh, um, Holmesian, I guess you would say. Sherlock Holmesian, because it's- Like it's, a lot of deduction. Well, and it's also told from the point of view of one woman who is helping out the detective, the the more Sherlock Holmesian character. Um, and also she has a crush on her. And that's very clear. Um, and is, oh my God, I want to read this. It's really cute. It's really cute. So basically, um, I'm maybe a third of the way through it right now. It's, um, it's on a planet where um, it's like all, I guess it's like an all gas planet or something, but you can't like walk on the planet. So they have these platforms. And at the very beginning- uh, a man goes missing off of one of these platforms and they think he jumped off of it or was pushed, pushed. off of it oh. and probably pushed. And so this investigator comes and um, starts looking into it and it's all told from the point of view of her, someone she went to college with who's now like a professor, scientist kind of person. Uh, I, and I guess former girlfriend, according, I didn't realize that, but former girlfriend. Um, and it's all about their relationship, but also it is about the case itself. I want to read this and so it's, bad. And it's short com, so it's great. It's it's a it's a novella. Um, it is just oh really great. God. You could yeah read it like take it on a plane. You could read it in a couple hours. Just don't push anyone off. Don't push push anyone off the plane. Um, and it is it's great. It's great. And it's all about this other planet. And what I, I really like that there's this place called the Mausoleum Zoo Z O O, and they're uh, they they're using space on the planet to like regrow a bunch of. Um, animals and plants from our, the original Earth. This is like Whoa. a post-Earth world. And uh, uh, to see, to like re- see what it would be like to build that ecosystem again. But the fact that it's called a mausoleum, I think oh, is so clever. 10 out of 10. I, d- I don't know Love if that, I don't know if uh, the author made that up, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm loving it. What are you reading? Wow. Uh, I am reading one of my most anticipated of the year, finally. I'm finally getting to Beware the Woman by Megan Abbott. And, oh, great. Oh my God. I literally read one chapter and you know that gif of Antonio Banderas when he leans back and he's like oh oh man that's what I did with (laughs) this book. I don't know the gif. (laughs) (laughs) He says oh man? Like like, he like leans back and like puts his hand to his mouth and it's like 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 he's just so happy. Okay. I literally leaned back and leaned my head back and went Megan fucking Abbott. Wow. Okay. I want to read it. Good. Because you know I've never read any Megan Abbott. Oh this is a good one. This is a great one to start with. So it's about um this woman and her husband, and they got married kind of quick, and now she's pregnant. And so she doesn't know a lot about him, doesn't know that much about his family, and they are 
going they really he really wanted to like go on this road trip to see his father in michigan before the baby comes so she's pregnant and they're like on this road trip and right away things like start getting kind of weird like she's just realizing that she doesn't know this man very well Mm -hmm. and they get there and like at first everything great is great her new new father-in-law is so nice and is so welcoming and everything's so idyllic except his housekeeper is kind of weird uh, and then she has, I won't spoil it, but she has like a health scare and all of a sudden like their beautiful vacation is totally scrapped and it's all about taking care of her. And then things get really weird oh, great. with everyone. And then like secrets about what happened to the guys or her husband's mother who died in under weird circumstances, like secrets about her uh, start coming up. And it's just like Megan Abbott is the queen of writing these super tense situations and like, it's so hard to put down. And I also want to just shout out she had like ever since she was the, the the main character ever since she was a little kid she used to have nightmares about this all white man with like white skin white eyes white eyelashes white fingernail like all white and his name is captain murderer <laughs> that's very funny and so she keeps having these nightmares about captain murderer oh and it's God. just like right away oh, it's just so fucking good i love her so much i this book is probably gonna be on my favorite of the year okay um, i just i just added it from to my library list uh, well one for me and one for you uh oh, yeah. so mine is beware the woman by megan abbott and mine is the mimicking of known successes by malka and older so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback folks we finally heard from some skimmers. Oh. Finally got it direct, okay. straight from the horse's mouth, straight okay. from the skimmer's eyes. Uh-huh. So Thea wrote in, hey there, reading glasses. I am, in fact, a skimmer. Welcome. I read a lot of both fiction and nonfiction for pleasure, and I recently realized that I do this also with audiobooks, video essays, and podcasts. I distinctly remember as a kid being surprised when my mom mentioned that she would read some authors extra slowly in order to enjoy the language. That was the first time I realized you could read for something besides plot and meaning. I was 14. Some of it is probably habit. I have been able to read for as long as I can remember. I've always had a huge stack of books. I do live with ADHD and it does contribute. It's not so much inattention or distraction as you described. It's more a desire to get to the heart of whatever it is as soon as possible and also get fully immersed. Like some folks with ADHD, I also can't visualize things easily or at all. So Mm. one way of feeling in the story is reading quickly without getting hung up on trying to call call it all up in my mind's eye, which is just frustrating. There are some benefits. I do read books quickly more time for more lovely books yay and i enjoy rereading revisiting a book podcast audiobook or whatever lets me get different layers of nuance and make more connections than i probably would have the first time around and i feel like i have less regret spending time on books that i didn't love and didn't really teach me much thank you so much for doing this podcast i really really love your takes on books and i think more about how i approach them special thanks to my friend kate who turned me on to you guys i owe her a letter we owe kate as well Wow. Okay. Okay. This, is, this makes total sense to yeah, me, though. Yeah. You so just want to get in the there. plot. You're getting in there. You want to not get distracted, and you just want to know what the plot is. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally get it. As a plot, plot reader, I, I understand this okay. for sure. All right. Dave also wrote in and said, heard you called out for messages from people who skim fiction, and I count myself among them. I'm usually a pretty slow reader, so I run into pacing issues a lot, specifically with epic fantasy. I hear that. Um, some <laughs> well-known and well-loved series have entire books, each several hundred pages long, that are just not that good, but are sandwiched between other excellent books. Sometimes the author's pacing doesn't doesn't match your mood. 
If I'm invested in the series, then I'd rather skim slow parts than dump the book entirely. I'd say I skim at least some part of nearly every book I read, even if it's just a paragraph here or there. Get to the good parts. Enjoy your reading <laughs> time how you want to. And yes, I absolutely count books that I either partially or mostly skimmed to my red pile. That's I, interesting. I love it. And you know what? I relate. I totally relate to... You're reading an epic fantasy book, and you're like, I don't necessarily care about this one as much, but I want to know what happens in the next one. Yeah. So I get it. You're just trying to get through what the story is. Again, you're reading for plot and to get so you know what's happening, but you don't aren't that invested in the language or the characters. These are efficiency readers. I I appreciate it. I'm into it. Wow. We are learning so much right now. This is cool. No, this is, again, two-way street. Yeah. Uh, Linda wrote in to say, Dear Mallory and Bria, thanks for creating such a delightful podcast. You're welcome. Your shows are long enough to entertain me on my way to work each day. I am slowly working my way through your extensive backlist and enjoying every moment. I have a lot of book shame, and so every episode when you absolve someone of their guilt or vehemently <laughs> express that we are allowed to read whatever makes us happy, I feel like the shame is a little easier to face. Thank you. I am a person who skims an entire romance novel and then reads them fully later with more attention to detail. Hmm. Romance novels guarantee a happily ever after. However, I get such anxiety when reading reading the books that the main characters will not end up together. Logically, I know they will. All romances have an H-E-A, happily ever after, or it is not a romance. Emotionally, the author does such a good job at the third act breakup or in a low angst novel facing the issue that might pull them apart. My brain freaks out and it makes it hard to read all the parts where the MCs are away from each other. Skimming lets that anxiety... Skimming lets that anxious part of my brain know they end up together and that dark moment lasts for only a certain period of time. When I do read it in full later, my brain still gets worried but is not as paralyzing. I usually skim the book and then wait until I have forgotten many of the details except the reassurance that the MCs end up together. This could be a few days or a few months. All of this probably sounds super weird, but I have but as I have come to learn through your podcast, readers are a quirky bunch and I guess that is okay. It is okay. It is okay. It's and totally okay. This is a legit reason too. You want to know that the ending is going to deliver Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that you want to know that. And yes, it will. But you got, you're you anxious enough to need to know that. And so that's great. And so you read, you skim it and then go back and read it. Yeah. Fascinating. That is so, this is, I mean, we started the show because we found that readers are interested in other readers. And this is so cool. And if you're anxious, this is a good uh, way to yeah. avoid that anxiety. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And quick bookmark. If anyone is looking to see more of me on various panels, I am part of an academic panel, Ooh. Uh, an academic conference called Fear 2000, where I'm going to talk to someone this weekend for about an hour or so about my work and uh, what I've done. Uh, It is, uh, I think you can watch it live. It will be on um, Saturday, June, sorry, July um, 22nd at um, noon. You can watch it live. It's Fear 2000. I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Um, You can also watch it later if you just were like, I missed it, but I want to watch these questions. And it's supposed to be more of an in-depth conversation about uh, not just like, how, what was it like working on Heroes? You know, it's more about like the like philosophies and more, I don't know. Well, I guess we're going to see. They haven't told me what they're going to ask me yet, but it's <laughs> supposed to be an in-depth conversation. So I'm very excited to do it. Um, so check that out. Cool. There'll be a link in the show notes for that. And before we discuss picky readers, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Miracle Maid. Bria, it's the summer. We all are having trouble sleeping at night, Mm -hmm. or at least if you're here in the Northern Hemisphere, because you're sweaty, sticky, and hot. 
And you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts uh, on your sleep quality. Yeah. Luckily, Miracle Made Sheets, which are inspired by NASA, wow. uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Not for werewolves. You know, my, <laughs> friend, my friend said the other day something really interesting because I was like, I'm a hot sleeper. And she said, no one is a cold sleeper. And I was like, you're right. Everyone is a hot sleeper. And I think this is a very good point. This is why you need something like these sheets. Is that most people in the my middle of the night. My mind is so blown right now. I was blown too. My mind was blown too because I was like, yeah, who doesn't get hot at night when they're sleeping? I, I guess my cats. Yeah, but they have fur coats. But I will say my cats love miracle made sheets. <laughs> so these sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. That's and, amazing. And, well, first off, we all hate washing our sheets. It's such a pain in the butt, mm -hmm. especially because my cats are always sleeping on the bed and I feel really bad kicking them off. So I have to wait until they're finally off the bed and then by that point it's late in the day and then I have forget that the sheets are in the dryer and then you go down to bed and the bed's not made. It's just depressing. And these sheets are also luxuriously comfortable unless you're a werewolf and they're mm -hmm. very Horrible. painful. Yeah. But for all our non-lycanthropic listeners, they're luxuriously comfortable and they don't have the high price tag of other luxury brands. So you can upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash glasses. And if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo glasses at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash glasses to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. Glasses. Glasses. Hey, Sydney, you're a physician and the co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, right? That's true, Justin. Is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician? No, Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, however, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past, as well as some current not-so-legit healthcare fads. So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better. Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that. But and our podcast is free? Yes, it is free. You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Meryl Tour of Misguided Medicine right here on Maximum Fun. Just as good as going to the doctor. No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but, but pretty good. It's up there. This week, we're talking about picky readers. Can you be too picky with your reading? When does being picky go from being helpful to your reading life to being harmful? And is it possible to stop being so picky? We are here to help. Today's episode was inspired by Megan, who asks, Hi, Mallory and Bria. Thank you so much for all the great reading recommendations you've provided to me over the years. I have a specific reader problem I'm hoping you can help me with. My reading doorway is setting, and at certain times of the year, I get the desire to read a very specific type of romance read. I like to read romance books set in big cities like New York, Paris, or Rome, and generally the protagonist has a cool job, there are interesting side characters, some plot developments that don't necessarily center around the love story, and bonus points if there is great banter between the characters. My issue is that I am finding it so hard to find the exact book to scratch this itch. I recently DNF'd seven books in a row because they Ooh. weren't meeting my criteria. I gave up on one book because although it was set in Paris, it wasn't referencing the setting enough. <laughs> 
Another had a great setting, but the protagonist had inherited wealth and had no ambition. Am I being too picky? Should I give up on trying to find this ideal book? Any help would be appreciated. So first off, Bria, what do we think? Is she being too picky? Well, this is a specific book. It's very specific, but I don't think you're being too picky, okay? Um, I do think that Megan needs to think about um, other things that may fall into these categories. For example, there may be other cities, right, that that uh, Megan likes. Or um, maybe they might have a lame job instead of a cool job. <laughs> and, like, there's something interesting about that. So I don't think you're being too picky, but I think you want to be aware when your own tastes change and things that might fall into these categories so that you're not just dismissing certain books right away, right? So you can become open to new things. Like don't not pick up a book based on what you, based on these very specific criteria. That would be my only warning because it's possible that like, you know, this book is set on a, a in space, maybe not that, but like, you know, something, but it has all the other criteria. So it may be interesting to you, even though it is not New York or Paris or something. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Do you think Megan's being too picky? I got to say, I don't think there is one specific metric for being too picky. Okay. You can be as picky, as choosy, as specific in your wheelhouse as you want. Maybe you want, only want to read haunted house books that are under 300 pages and written by somebody named Sarah. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Enjoy mm-hmm. yourself. I think the problem comes when it's negatively affecting your personal reading life. Yeah, okay. If you are wicked picky, but you still easily find books to read and enjoy and you're reading all the time and you're having a lovely time. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But if you are struggling to find books to read and really struggling to find books you like, it might be worth reassessing if you're being a little too picky. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that I think, especially with this specific thing, Megan might want to, like you said, open up those reading doors a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it just seems like she's, to me, this this is a reader that is frustrated. I agree. I definitely agree. And is it possible, I'm just going to throw this out there, that Megan has already read this book Multiple times. <laughs> or I read, you know, five versions of this book. And I think, like, it's okay to read the same book. Like, that's what I want to say. Like, it's okay for you to go back and read that same book because it scratched that itch perfectly yeah. for you, you know? And outside of that book, there's not going to be as many books that fill the, scratch this itch. So, like, I just want to say, Megan, we're not, you can also just go back and read the book that you liked over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Or the five books you liked or whatever filled, whatever, because obviously this was a lot of work for you to figure out this very specific. Yes. And I think there probably are about, a handful of books that fit into this that Megan is already aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's a lot of pressure to put on a book. Like, yeah. the, hi- the, f- the search for, like, an ideal book. Like, if you applied that thinking to other areas, it would just be extreme. Imagine being like, I'm only eating meals that are perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that are yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. this, and I won't agree to a date with someone unless they meet all my criteria mm. exactly. I will only watch movies that have my exact wheelhouse. It's just hard to pin art down like that, mm-hmm. I think, and it doesn't leave space for a really important element of art is surprise. Yeah, I agree. You know, like sometimes what makes a book great is something that we didn't expect, and then mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, I love this thing. I didn't even realize it. And also, we talk about this all the time, your own mental state is such a crucial element of the book, and that changes all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, that's why AI will never make good art because it yep. doesn't understand the element of surprise. Yep. And humans are needed for that. Hey, I'm on strike, everybody, in two hey. different unions. We support the hell out of it. <laughs> um, I just think it's always great to be on the lookout for a book that'll be a perfect match for you, like... God knows I'm always looking for fucking haunted house books. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's something that you need to have some leeway with or you're going to be left feeling frustrated. I think you said it perfectly. Like it might be worth looking like, is there any, is there any wiggle room in these wheelhouse items that I can maybe find another book that, 
you know, tilt it a little bit might fit this or scratch those same itches. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do they do that? How do picky readers open up their taste a little bit? So my first bit of advice, I think, is thinking about who you are now and about what you might be open to. So I do like that Megan said, like, big cities, right? And named a couple of big cities. But, you know, maybe you watch a movie based in Prague or maybe even, like, a small city. Maybe you watch, like, a fun little mystery set in, like, a small English countryside town and suddenly you're like, okay, maybe English countryside town. Like, something that would inspire you or you're going to visit a place, you know, or you're living in a small town. So I think, like... Thinking about what is inspiring you and how you're growing as a person and how your world is expanding and applying that to what you are reading. Because it may just make you more open. I know you have this very specific wheelhouse, but I think it's worth reassessing every so often and being like, you know, I do have like a huge interest right now in, you know, uh, uh, Iowa. Maybe I could read a romance Mm -hmm. at Iowa. That's all I'm saying. Also, I think go figure out like what these authors are, other things they've written. Yeah. That could be a good way. And then also go and look at people who've reviewed these books and like them and see what else they reviewed positively. That's because, a, ooh, that's a hot book tip. Yeah. I oh, would yeah. Say. Thank you. Uh, wow. The book love of your book love is your possible book love. How about that? Ooh. <laughs> the book love of your, that's not right. The book love of your, the reader of your book love. The book of your, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The reader of your book love is, you, no, the book love of your, Anyway, if someone likes something, you'll probably like it too. (laughs) So check that out. I've been doing, I'm planning a big trip right now. And I've been looking at TripAdvisor a lot. I love TripAdvisor. People are so weird on there. People are very weird on TripAdvisor. But if someone reviews something and they're like, I actually didn't prefer this to something, I'm like, what else did they review? Because I want to see what they gave Five stars, too? Uh, yeah, because if yeah. they're like, I didn't prefer this, I'm like, what did they prefer? And they usually yeah. did review something else. I spent a lot of time, listen, if you do, I've looked at, if you've reviewed stuff in Japan, I may have looked at your TripAdvisor because I'm reading a lot of them. But that's my suggestion. It's kind of like going down that rabbit hole a little bit um, because I think picky readers could find that maybe these other people are picky also. So, like, if there's someone who's All like, the picky I also people need to band together, come together and pool and their out. resources. Exactly, exactly. That's a really hot book tip, I would say. Thank wow. you so much. What What is your advice? Yeah, I I gotta agree. The rec, the honest, I, reassessing your wheelhouse and reading doorways. You know, because I think if something is in your wheelhouse, but you've dumped the last nine books that have that thing, maybe that's not what's in your wheelhouse. Maybe you might need to tweak it a little bit. Uh, and then um, my recommendation is always look back, go back fucking years if you have to, and pick out books that have been absolute winners for you. Not necessarily in this very specific wheelhouse, but just find things that hit for you. Yeah. And try adding those things and expanding those things a little bit. I had to do this with circus books because I realized there was like four circus books that I dumped. And I was like, maybe it's not specifically, or maybe yeah. it's not just circuses. Maybe there's something else that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So just, uh, you know, really... Think about what you actually are liking. Maybe you, I, I, I find a lot of times that we as readers get into the idea of something we think we should like or think like we like the idea of liking it. But yeah. then when we get the book that has this, we're like, oh, I actually don't yeah, really it's not like the this thing you actually were looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also say to try something far outside of your wheelhouse instead of like being so picky, like go elsewhere, right? Yeah. A history about the streets of Paris. Yeah. A memoir about someone who has a cool job because you like cool jobs, mm-hmm. right? This could be, um, this could get you interested in things that are in the same world but are not the same thing. And you may realize what Mallory's saying is that like, oh, I actually, actually I'm just interested in people who have cool jobs, you know? Go yes. read um, 
Uh, what's the one about the woman who cleans out houses? This may not be right for you. But, oh, uh, uh, the trauma cleaner? The trauma cleaner. Like, something like that, where it's like, this is a cool, weird job, you know? Or there's many books about weird jobs. Um, but something like that could maybe scratch an itch for you or open you up so that you are a little bit less picky. Not that you have to be, but it could get you into a place where you can find other stuff. You know what happened with me recently with that is I found, figured out about myself that small town books mm. scratch almost the same itch as a haunted house book because it's like oh. a little, it's like a very in, in, enclosed like, space. Inclo- well, it's like isolated mm. setting, okay. but there's always some sort of like, if it's a story about like a legend in a small town mm. and it doesn't have to be about a ghost, but it like a spooky serial killer or whatever, but some kind of legend in a small town. Mm. I can see it. I like it was like a big light bulb moment for me because I realized I was like, oh, I just love a weird backstory. Yeah, that's like what I'm looking for in a haunted house. Like, obviously, I love the scary stuff, but that like finding out what happened in this place, a small town book, like small towns with a secret will scratch that same itch. Mm. So it really oh, I've been reading more small town books. Great. Um, I also want to say for us, for some picky readers out there, I get this picky when my TBR feels really overwhelming to me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I that's notice, actually, that's very good, yes. I notice myself doing this. Like, I'm looking for any excuse to dump a book yeah. so I can move on to the next one. And I wonder if maybe that's not what happen, is happening for Megan as she's feeling overwhelmed by this search for this ideal book. So it's, you know, it's like when you go on a date and you're like really, you know, if you are, if you go on a date with the intention, like I'm going to find my husband mm-hmm. or wife or partner or new spouse and you have this like really rigid set of all the things that you want and this person deviates from that in any way you're like no oh well no that's not the right person for me a date set up every hour on the hour and that because that's how big our tbrs are (laughs) (laughs) we can literally read a new book every hour on the hour that then you're like this is a lot of pressure for me to read all these books so it's like a game show you're like yeah yeah of course i could see it I, i i totally get that you're right especially yeah i will find if i'm like there's a lot of books on my Kindle, like December, from the library. December, December rolls around. <laughs> or it's like I have too many books on my Kindle and I'm like, oh, Or too shit. many books at the library. Yeah, that have, and there's you back and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to quit this one because I have like five more I should try. Yeah, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this character is a little bit annoying to me. Fuck right. it, you know? Yeah. And I so I think that, it, I think maybe Megan might be putting, or now other picky readers might be putting so much pressure on every book to be perfect mm-hmm. that anytime it's a little bit different, even if it's not bad, it's just like, oh, well, no, that's not going to work. That's not exactly what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe take some pressure off yourself is what we're saying. But we would love to hear from other picky readers. Uh, You can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we test out a book tracking spreadsheet. Let's take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by our friends over at Tor Books, and they're here to talk about a book that we're excited about. Definitely. It's the new T. Kingfisher book. Y'all know we love T. Kingfisher. We sure do. T. Kingfisher, the author of Frightening Fantasy and Horror with Heart, is back with another fairy tale inspired fantasy with Thornhedge on sale from Tor Books this August. It's very soon, but you can pre-order it now. And we recommend you do so. It tells the story of folks. Okay, get ready. Kind-hearted, toad-shaped heroine. Toad? Yes. Wow. And a gentle knight 
and there's a mission that they have to do that goes completely sideways. Very cute. You know, we love T. Kingfisher. Her characters are always just so lovable. These stories are so compelling and so fun while also just being weird and so unique and different. We recommend her books constantly. We're both so pumped for Thornhedge. You should pre-order it right now. Mm-hmm. Please tell us what to tape about. Please tell us what to tape about. Please. Because <laughs> I'm Alex and she's Katie and we make Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. A podcast about the history and science behind seemingly ordinary things. We've done entire episodes about ham or shoe sizes or concrete or the color beige. We need more ordinary stuff like that. Our Max Fun members suggest and pick our episode topics through Discord. So what do you wonder about? What do you wish you could start to find interesting? Make us tape your idea. And then hear the results on Secretly Incredibly Fascinating from MaximumFun.org. Now let's look at some book tech advances and reader technology. This was sent to us by a bunch of glassers. <laughs> it is the Book Riot spreadsheet. Great. Official Book Riot spreadsheet. It was originally created by Jen Northington. This is a spreadsheet for tracking your reading, and it includes columns for title, author, gender of author, date started, date finished, number of pages, genre, format, and total books finished. Uh, Amanda Nelson, who is actually no longer at Book Riot, uh, added source where you got the book, hmm. country of origin of the author, Interesting. And if it's a BIPOC author and then some other people, I think it's been handed over many times wow. since then. Other people added tabs like rating, um, whether or not the book is translated, if it's an LGBTQIA plus book, if it's a reread, if it counts towards a reading challenge, publisher, age of protagonist. The possibilities are really endless. We'll include a link to the show notes. Bria, what did you think of this spreadsheet? Well, so I am a Book Riot listener. Mm -hmm. So I have checked this out before. I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it gives you what you need from who the writer is to the book to, you know, tracking the pages you read, which is the yeah. one I just looked at. It's like it has pages you've read and books you've read, which is great. Um, it's an easy way to keep up with things, and you will never lose it because it is online. That is a huge plus, it being on online and on your phone. I know. I've kind of been doing more and more online. I mean, I really use Goodreads just to make sure I write down that I read the book more yeah. than anything else. Um, uh, is it cute? No, it's a fucking spreadsheet. <laughs> It's a goddamn <laughs> spreadsheet. No, zero points for aesthetic. Which some people may think is cute because that is your thing, but it is not cute. But <laughs> it is it super functional, yes. And that's going to be perfect for many, many, many people. And for practicality's sake, which I am a very practical person, I think it's great. Five out of five. Five out of fucking five. <laughs> what about you? What do you think about it? I think this is one of those things on reading glasses that depends on the kind of person that you are. Yes. If spreadsheets give you fucking hives, this is going to be a minus five out of yes, five pages yes, yes, yes. and make you feel like you're doing homework. But if you love data and stats and inputting information about your books and analyzing what you read, this is a five out of five. Mm. If you're one of those people that loves at the end of the year looking at all the stats of your books... This is perfect. It's infinitely customizable, which is awesome. I think this would be particularly good if you have a reading goal. Like you want to read more translated books every year. You want to read more books from a certain country mm -hmm. or if, over a certain page level, whatever it is. Because it's just so straightforward. It makes it very easy to track those things and see the breakdown of what you're reading. Personally, where I am in my life right now, 
Hard pass. Oh, wow. I no spreadsheet? Say, yeah. Uh, I love this, a spreadsheet. The thing is, this would have, like, a few years ago, I would have lost my mind over this. Mm-hmm. I would have loved this thing. Mm-hmm. I would have married this thing. But this year in particular, it's been just really hard to guard my reading from obligation and stress and making sure it doesn't feel like work. I think it's just because I've been blurbing a lot of books. I've been reading a lot of arcs. Uh, I've been yeah. reading a lot of 2023 books. Um, and I think using this spreadsheet might make choosing my reads a little stressful because then I'd be like, oh, well, but I haven't read this type of book this year. You know what I mean? I haven't read this I other see. type of yes, book. Yes, 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 yes. I am so susceptible to yeah. that kind of stuff. Just giving yourself homework. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But you know what? The thing is, we are all fluid as readers. Mm. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> next year I'll get into it and when, like I'll have a particular goal for myself and I will actually, if I had a particular goal besides keep the show going every week, I would love this and would yeah. use it. And I think it's really important for us all to remember that our reading lives can change all the time, change yeah. with us. Yeah. And uh, so where I am right now, I will Not say no. I will have my little journal, like print journal that I keep, and that's good enough for me. But maybe I'll get another uh, goal and I'll want to use it. When I was an actress, everyone, when I would not book a role, they'd always say, she just wasn't a fit. Which honestly, I meant a lot of things, but I feel like it's a very good use of that word, mm-hmm. that phrase. Not a fit. Maybe I said that on the show before, but. No, that's good. Not I, a fit. Yeah, just not right now. So if you have ideas for book tech you want us to test, or send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com, or you can check out our wish list in the show notes. Now let's answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. This one comes from Cosmo. Hi, Brian Mallory. I am a newer listener of the show, and I am so glad I found you guys because I have been in the biggest reading slump ever, and I finally managed to break it thanks to your sage advice and wicked good book recommendations. Cosmo, are you from Boston? Uh, I'm writing to you because I was hoping to get some of those wicked good book recommendations for my dad. My dad and I have always been super close. He is a voracious reader and used to read to me when I was little. As I got older, we would read books together and discuss them in the car on the way to school. Oh my God. Uh, he has always encouraged my love of writing. And now that I am an adult and living in another state, we stay connected by recommending books to each other and talking about them when we catch up on our weekly phone calls. This is killing me. This is so cute. I recently come out to him as queer and non-binary, and while he's a little out of his depth when it comes to queer stuff, he's an old cishet white guy raised in a red state. He's extremely supportive and open to learning. He wants to read more books with queer and trans protagonists and characters. I know he'd read an old phone book if I asked him to, but I was hoping to find stuff that fits in his wheelhouse. Uh, You want to read Dad's Wheelhouse? Yeah, Dad's Wheelhouse is epic high fantasy and sci-fi, but particularly sci-fi. He's into space travel and interesting settings, whether it's a distant planet or a living spaceship. Robert. Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Robert. (laughs) Why is that so funny? Funniest possible pronunciation of that word. <laughs> I love rabbits. I love rabbit movies. Seriously, how did I know how to pronounce the word robot? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you can't cut this out. It's too funny. <laughs> how did I not know how to pronounce the word robot? <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Sorry. Oh, robot so or AI <laughs> robot or AI characters and weird oh. cool tech. That is hilarious. I, I, my All of our eye, eyeliners wow. are coming up now. Okay. 
He isn't the biggest fan of romance, but he likes stories about friendship and found family. He also likes epic quests, interesting magic systems, political intrigue, time travel, interdimensional travel, alternate histories, and smart, witty writing. He likes wordplay, sarcasm, clever foreshadowing, and twists. Thank you for the work you do. I'm working my way through all your old episodes, and your new ones are the highlight of my week. Mallory, what do you got? I got to recommend Ancillary Justice by Ann Leckie because we got epic space opera, and it's got... Wow, it just says IA instead of AI. Wow. Mm -hmm. Man, we are having a rough time with this one. Uh, It is an epic space opera with AI. It's got cool tech. But the thing that I think would be good for this dad to read, it's because it's the main character comes from a society that doesn't use gender. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And is forced to interact with a society that does have gender. Oh, interesting. And the the main character is constantly like, this is stupid. This is weird. The person had the date, they only go on. Dates if they've read this book? Or is yes. it different and like Yes. Yeah, it's this one, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And there's just a lot of examination of like how, like from a very objective standpoint, gender is just weird. Mm. Uh, and I think it'll give Cosmo's dad a new perspective while also being an awesome sci-fi book that he mm-hmm. will enjoy. But I think it'll, because it, it'll just give him a different perspective of like, you know, when you're a person that's never questioned gender, it just seems like the water we're all swimming in. But when you st- take a step outside, you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'll be helpful. Um, what do you think? Uh, this is going to be maybe the second week in the row I've recommended Cameron Hurley. I don't know. Maybe Never a bad time yeah. to recommend Cameron I'm gonna Hurley. I'm going to go Stars or Legion, though. I think last time I recommended a different one. Um, it's epic. It's got sci-fi space battles. It's got epic quests. Um, and it's a lot of queer stuff. It's going to scratch this itch, I think, for both of you because it's very much like Hyperion or Dune or something big and epic, but it's just much more queer and um, newer. And honestly... I think it's on par, if not better. Well, sci-fi wow. people are about to come knock on my door. But I do think it is just an amazing book. With their laser I, guns? Uh, yeah. And they're robots? <laughs> and they're robots. <laughs> the robot army Here's is coming thing. to get Bria. AI can never write it. They can never surprise you by pronouncing no. robot like no. robot. <laughs> Very true. It's like I had never read the word robot before. <laughs> you know what? It's something a robot would say. <laughs> <laughs> What is this word? Um, anyway, uh, uh, Stars Are Legion by Cameron Hurley. And Ancillary Justice by Anne Lucky. And if you want us to answer your recommendation request for you or your dad uh, or solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful moms who run our Facebook group. And remember, you want to look hot. There's all kinds of cool reading glasses stuff you can buy. It directly supports us. You want a library user shirt? You want to go out on a date and wear a book slut tank top? You can do it. And it supports us. It helps us feed our animals. We really appreciate it. And so will all the people around you because you'll look real cool. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.